Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Brendan Escott with you tonight, Bob, at a, uh, an Oilers function. We'll be back tomorrow night setting up the Oilers and Flames from Rogers Place. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one on 6.30. Ched, some guests of Oilers now do receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you have ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you. Uh, lots to talk about in terms of the Oilers' preseason results and a little bit from around the NHL as well. Perfect time to engage former NHL player, agent, and general manager Brian Lawton, which we do each Tuesday for Wow Factor Desserts. For a limited time, try their Pumpkin Harvest Cheesecake. Just one of the handcrafted creations that Wow Factor brings to your table. Visit wowfactordesserts.com today. Brian, how are you doing this evening? Doing fantastic, thank you. Excellent. Glad to talk to you after an Oilers win, 3-2-1 and one now in the preseason. And we know we don't really invest uh, much into the results, but uh, it seems like, as we've heard, some early returns on the defensive work that's manifested in the offseason. And as a result, you've got Jack Campbell performing at a higher level and uh, and a team that can endure getting outshot two to one essentially in a game like that last night and still find a way to have a secure victory. Yeah. I mean, the Jack Campbell turnaround in play is not surprising. I mean, this is who Jack has been for the majority of his career. Last year I thought was an anomaly in terms of he generally has some stretches where he's really good and he'll have some stretches where he's not as good. The not as good went on a lot longer than it had in the past. That was a little bit out of character for him, but I expect that to kind of give us a little regression to the mean, and you're going to see a much better energized and enthusiastic Jack Campbell this year. Now, he's not playing against the toughest competition, but that being said, he's not playing behind Edmonton's A-grade defenders either. So uh, from the perspective of a general manager, how can you really weigh these results that we're seeing? It's always tough in preseason because you do have such a divergence in players. But if you look at the lineup last night, it's not like Seattle didn't have some of their top players in the game. This wasn't, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, the B team, so to speak, for the Seattle Kraken. They, they played quite a few familiar names. McCann played, Beniers played, Eberle played, Wenberg played. Uh, Yamamoto obviously scored a goal 
Schultz, Larson, Dumoulin, who I'm very curious to see how he does for Seattle. I think that was a tremendous signing for them on the back end. We'll see how that plays out. Um, but they played their guys, so you can't fault Jack on any of that. He made the saves he had, too. Some of them were terrific. Uh, I would take a lot out of it and try to keep those good feelings going for Jack Campbell and try to get him into the season if he continues to play the way he has as the starter and see if he can get his feet underneath him and maybe perform the way Edmonton hoped when they signed him to the deal they signed him to. I don't know how closely you're watching every minute of every game, Brian, but in terms of the changes they're trying to make defensive strategy-wise, more the zone look, I don't know if if they're going to hold their cards a little closer to their vest in terms of preseason, not wanting to divulge too much. But and then again, it's such a copycat league that it seems like a lot of teams are sort of going this direction anyway. My question is, have you seen a whole heck of a lot of difference in what Edmonton has been rolling out in their own half of the rink so far? Or is that something you expect to see more toward the start of the regular season? I try not to read too much into it in the preseason. But, yes, I have certainly read all the comments. I have certainly seen some of the instances of them trying to turn things up, so to speak. It's a little bit perplexing to me because I actually liked the way they played last year. I thought they defended quite well. I thought Jay took some of the elements that Dave Tippett was using, but when he took over, he had a little bit more uh, structure to what they were doing defensively, and it's particularly in the defensive zone and in the neutral zone. I like the way uh, everything went last year for Edmonton. I think it's just a matter of upgrading, you know, particularly the bottom 3D for them to reach a much higher level When I look at teams in the preseason, it's not just Edmonton, but there's a lot of teams that use this time wisely to try to put some new schemes in in case you want to call on them later in the year. My best guess is that's what Jay is doing with his existing group now. Uh, It's a good way to evaluate people, to stretch them, to see if they can get another club in the bag, so to speak, because you do need to change things up over 82 games no matter what. Um, But overall, I was very happy with the way Edmonton played last year defensively. Chatting with Brian Lawton right now on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Don't miss Sunday buffets at the River Cree featuring all-you-can-eat snow crab legs and other seafood favorites to $69.99 per person. Book your table at rivercreeresort.com. Uh, so you mentioned the, the bottom three defensemen, Brian. This is a real interesting one for me because I think Ben Gleason's probably been the best of the three of them, but would love your take on Gleason, DeHarnay, Broberg as well and just how those three have been sort of uh, performing in the first six games. Is anybody standing out to you ahead of the rest? Nobody more so than Gleason. I'd say DeArnay has played okay. I thought Broberg played much better last game. Um, but Ben Gleason to me has, has really jumped up and you know he's an undrafted player. Edmonton fans know that. He came from Dallas. Everybody knows that. But sometimes you just need to change your scenery. He's been a pro now at 25 years old, long enough to understand what's going on. And I have seen players in similar positions to him really catch fire as they change organizations. And everybody's always going for that effect. It doesn't happen that often, but it does happen. And he has been a very pleasant surprise, I'm sure, for the coaching staff and management thus far. 
Yeah, not uh, lacking in pro hockey experience by any means. Last five years spent in the uh, American Hockey League and either, yeah, in all of Texas's uh, stars system there. So uh, we, we talk about that, but, you know, I think that for me, I was expecting a little bit bigger of a step forward for Vinny DeHarnay. I know they're expecting uh, sort of a... I guess not a lower ceiling for him, but in in a sense, sure, you kind of know what you're getting and you want that reliability. And um, against this kind of competition, I, I was hoping he would stand out a little bit more. And I think uh, it's probably not a bad thing that there's some internal push from a guy like Gleason. But uh, I wonder where his standing is now, uh, Deharnay, in terms of you know what he's done to earn more or, or perhaps less playing time to start this season. Yeah, I, I think his situation is a little more tenuous right now than people might have expected. It didn't. I thought he played really well last year when he came in. He gave them an element, a little bit more toughness, size, uh, a guy that could kill penalties. I thought he was really helpful. Went a little bit sideways for him in the playoffs where the level dropped, got exposed at times, was looking for a bounce back in this training camp. And he did play better last night to some degree, but it has not been where you would have hoped watching this team closely that you would want him to be at. I'm quite certain it's been a disappointment, um, but this is only preseason. You really find out as you move towards the end of camp you know where teams have guys at, what's going to happen with him, um, but he hasn't taken that step forward that I would have liked to see him take this year. Chatting with Brian Lawton from, uh, well, he's for our friends at Wow Factor Desserts, Colin Ruddle and the gang. Now, uh, Xavier Borgo coming off this two-goal game against Seattle last night ends up getting sent down, and I know that uh, ultimately a lot of us expected that to be the case. He's going to go down and get every opportunity to thrive in an offensive role. Uh, what did you see out of Borgo in this preseason, and were you a little bit surprised he didn't get a longer look after that offensive output um not necessarily a lot of times those decisions are made before the game people probably don't realize that you're looking at your roster you're looking at how players have done up until that point um it's not uncommon for that to be the case i thought he played really good last night i thought he really showed the things that edmonton uh, expected from him when they drafted him 22nd overall so I thought it was a great showing for him, but I wasn't surprised that he got sent out. And that may not sound like it goes together, but it does. There's just a lot that goes into how the process works. Ultimately, um, I think it's really important for him to reconcile in his mind that he didn't do enough in camp, in my opinion, to merit staying there, um, but he finished really strong. And now he's got to take that down to Bakersfield and really build on it and have the type of season that you'd like to see from him in the American League. Uh, If he does that, if everything continues or goes how it did last night, I would expect him to build upon the season he had last year. He was in the mid-30s points-wise. He's an offensive guy that's going to have to contribute more than that eventually at the NHL to win a job. So you just want to see him go down there and prove he can do it in Bakersfield. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Just, yeah, I believe that if that if that happens for him, I really believe he'll get a chance to play during the year. Uh, a lot of that is dependent on injuries, but if he gets a chance to play during the year, he shows them what he can do. He's lining himself up 
to make this team. May not be this year, but that's how you move yourself forward in your career. Right. Sorry to cut you off there, Brian. Just uh, he's you're not going to call up Xavier Borgo for just any role because you're not going to have him thrive on the fourth line playing eight minutes. But if he gets himself offensively to a level where he can hang, maybe not this year, but next, let's say, then that's successful. Obviously, it goes without saying to me, but it's really incumbent upon the organization, considering they invested that first-round draft capital into him, to make sure that he's playing all the time on the power play with the players that can help him succeed offensively and grow. Uh, It's got to be a focal point, right? It really does. It's a For a guy that was the player that he was in the queue, as offensive as he was, uh, I mean, keep in mind he had 70-plus points his last year in junior, which doesn't necessarily sound like it's incredible, but you have to recall that he had like 40 games played too. So the numbers were huge. Um, but sometimes it happens for a player where it's probably – Edmonton is probably not the best fit for him, and yet I find that the best players, the guys that are going to go on and play – they just pull their way forward. We saw it with Ottawa already here through waivers where, you know, Ottawa has a plethora of young players. Ottawa has a plethora of young players that are already on their roster. And they've added some veteran players, boxing guys out that may get an opportunity somewhere else. We're seeing some of these guys picked up on waivers. For Borgo, he's got to realize that. This is about managing your career. I'm certain he wants to be at Edmonton Oiler. You've got to do everything you can to make the club, but if you play well, if you do what you're supposed to do, treat the process right, be a good professional, they'll play in the NHL one day. Chatting with Brian Lawton right now, Ottawa, the team that is losing former first-round picks on waivers, and there's been a changing of the guard, but I would think that something would have been more salvageable than to lose uh, Lassie Thompson outright. He was the 19th overall pick in 2019. And today we see, and was widely reported this was going to happen, Canmore, Alberta's Jacob Bernard Docker, the 26th overall pick, Brian, from 2018. He hits the waiver wire and will likely be claimed for nothing. Um, In your opinion on that out of the Ottawa camp? A little bit surprised by it. You know, they've made some decisions in the past, signing players, veteran players, that, um, you know, are forcing them down this path to uh, a, a little bit. I understand why they're doing it. They feel their time is now. Some of the players you're talking about are guys that I think can play in the NHL right now. Obviously, other teams do. Uh, you never really get to see how many teams put a claim in for waivers, right? So keep in mind that uh, it works inverse from order last year when you see these guys going to some of the teams that were maybe at the bottom of the standings, like in Anaheim, uh, there might have been four or five or six teams that put in a claim for Lassie Thompson. So at the end of the day, uh, Ottawa has, has a new ownership group And Michael Anbauer, they want to win this year. They think it's imperative. In my opinion, they made some short-term decisions that should uh, help them 
in this short period, but it's costing them a little bit of draft capital. Yeah, uh, just amazing. Two right shot defensemen. I mean, you 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 don't find those on trees. It doesn't work like that. You draft them and develop them, and and they drafted them, but uh, something missing there in the development step. Uh, final one here for you, Brian. We wrap up with Brian Lawton today. Uh, the Ducks signing Trevor Zegris finally three years, five point seven five million dollars. Um, why did this take so long? Because it kind of seems like the type of deal that they could have agreed to a lot earlier. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, from the research I did, the number was closer to that $8 million mark. I don't think Pat Verbeek was ready to go there at this stage. Going short-term is a massive benefit for the player, um, but at the same time, having represented players, you know that when you haven't earned a lot of money, then it always feels great to do a six, seven, eight-year contract if the number is big enough. I just don't think they could bridge the gap. I thought it was a good compromise. I think it comes down to also a new GM in Pat Verbeek, second year on the job, just uh, wanting to make sure that if we're going to dish out that kind of money, we've got to get a one or one A center out of it. And I think that there was a lot of talk about Trevor could be a number two center. And his salary is good for that. For a younger player, his numbers have been excellent to his credit. But I wasn't necessarily uh, surprised by that one taking a little longer. I kind of had a good read on what the expectations were and did not think it would get done at that number. Ultimately, it didn't, but it was a strong compromise for the player by the club to give him a much shorter term. We stay in Anaheim and end with another right shot defenseman. Does Jamie Drysdale suit up for this team on opening night? Does he get a contract done in time? What can you offer us? I think that one is more challenging due to injuries. I think Jamie is a guy that uh, I had him picked right where he was picked by them. I think he's got a really high engine that's always going. Uh, saw a lot on the tape when I watched him coming out of junior as a guy that hadn't really played with a lot of NHL future stars or guys that were going to be stars in his junior team, but just a guy that I thought was next level. I think he's going to get there, but I don't think he's proven to get the kind of money Zegers got. I would imagine that rubs their camp a little bit difficult, and it's just going to take time. Will he be there for the start of the season? My suspicion is that he will be signed at the very latest within a week to 10 days of the start of the season. Well, we will be talking one Tuesday from today. So when we discuss that, perhaps we'll have some movement. Brian, thank you so much, as always, for your time this evening. We'll talk soon. Save the tape. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds good. That's Brian Lawton uh, for Wow Factor Desserts. Again, for a limited time here, they've got their uh, pumpkin harvest cheesecake. Mm, one of the many handcrafted creations that Wow Factor brings to your table. Visit wowfactordesserts.com today. We'll take a quick time out and uh, tell you about an awesome road trip to Montreal when we get back. So while we sit here and trying to determine what the bottom Oilers defense pairing or the bottom three is going to look like, in Vancouver, I don't know if you've heard about this, maybe it was talked about yesterday, um, Rick Tockett has elected to start the season without set defense pairings. 
Roll the gate, baby. <laughs> just just like house hockey, I guess. Um, and, you know, there's some pluses, I guess, in the per- perception of this. And there's going to be some negatives as well. Uh, I, I, you're going to hear from the captain of the Canucks about this. But you're also going to hear Rob Brown's take. I mean, this is a real interesting thing that they've got going on. Quinn Hughes, the captain of the team, the best defender, one of the best in the world, I would say, as far as his offensive skills go from the point. But Vancouver's defense was a hot mess last year. This seems like a pretty peculiar approach, I guess, by any means necessary. May as well try it. But no set defense pairings, really? Well, you you play the right side this shift. No, 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 no. I'll play the I'll play the left. Okay. Oh boy. Well, it won't be like that if you head to Montreal to watch the Oilers play the Canadians on a Saturday night, a uh, hockey night in Canada. By the way, package includes airfare with Porter Airlines, three nights, deluxe hotel in downtown Montreal, private suites with food and beverage, and a welcome reception with Bob and special guests. So you're watching the game from the Bell Center in a suite unbelievable experience the incredible hockey history in montreal this january be a part of the awesome road trip call new west travel today or go online at newwesttravel.com rob brown our inside the game analyst is on the way i asked you if the first five games of the preseason were the first date you and the oilers have gone out on a date What's your initial impression? What's your initial impression so far? Lots of focus on the strong play of Campbell, the not-so-strong play of Skinner thus far, and the rookies that are still here versus the rookies that are aren't. 780-496-0063. Going to open up calls and texts in about a half hour's time, but after Randy Kilburn brings you a global news weather traffic update, a look back at last night's 4-1 Oilers win and a look at some of the other headlines with Rob Brown.